Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Oh, yeah, sports fans. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. Welcome to the weekend, a sports weekend supreme. Close enough anyway, depending on when you're listening to us. Speaking of which, Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, go to Twitter, X, or whatever it's called. There you will find the NFL 15-minute pregame show. We appreciate everybody who's watched it so far, has shared the good word. You can watch it on YouTube. Go to the Extra Points channel there. Subscribe to that, and uh, and you'll be right as rain. Let's say hello now as we jump into the weekend to our pals. First of all, there's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass, excited on this Thursday to watch former Pittsburgh Penguin, almost hero legend, Louis Domingue. Between the pipes for his rags, the team that he almost vanquished in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And there he is sitting high atop show business. Speaking of right as rain, he's ready to write because that strike is over. And so, too, is the actor strike. We appreciate him making some time for us here. Busy as he is. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Oh, man, it was I mean, so happy the actor strike is over, obviously. But it, it was wild. So the second season of the Santa Claus reboot on Disney Plus premiered uh, Tuesday night at midnight. And so we had like what was going to be the premiere, but no actors were allowed to go do it. So it was a press mixer Mm. with nobody they want to talk to. So instead of like it being Tim Allen and Gabriel Iglesias and Tracy Morgan and Eric Stone Street, it was me and my buddy Jack. Like... The press doesn't even want to say hi to us. It's like, I don't blame them. Like, like it's a it's a premiere with no stars. So can I tell you something? And I mean this sincerely, with the possible exception of Tracy Morgan, who might be in the top three funniest people of all time at the height of his powers, just being in his midst. It didn't make a difference what words came out of his mouth. He just is intrinsically funny as one of those people has that uh, that weird gift. I think I'd rather talk to you. And what's great is, and I really do appreciate those of you who slip into my DMs or drop me a line, pals of mine across uh, Sports America. My friend Brett, as a for instance, he's a regular listener. He said he listened to the most recent episode, and it was a good one. We had our pals, the Dutch Mook and John Hammond, to talk about the latest fantasy football melodrama in our league. We'll get to that in a second. But he said, enjoyed the episode, but I got to say... I enjoyed, uh, I always enjoy the episodes with Hench even more. And that's a recurring theme here. People enjoy hearing Hench lose his mind. It's kind of fun. Check it's out like Brett. I would say, it's Check about the fantasy. Brett. Check out well, Brett with the big brain. Well, listen, the thing is, it's it, it, it's sort of like, you know, did you ever see that Nick Nolte movie? Um, Got to be more specific. The uh, Now I can't think of the name of it. Where he's in the snowy small town and he's. Affliction. Kind of, affliction it's basically you know it's funny if i said if you go you ask for this obscure nick nolte movie you get very little description i say affliction and then i go no i've never seen it but that that is like last night sophie was cooking and my 16 year old loves to cook this is the greatest development in my family oh yeah he's good at it and this is this is awesome but so she likes to she likes to be bad news for her in two years when you don't let her go to college 
Uh, what, what's, what's the old man going to do? My old man's got to eat, don't he? By the way, I'm already banking those savings. I'm praying she doesn't go to college. But um, so she likes to listen to very eclectic music when she cooks. And then and then I say to her, I go, I go, uh, what is this tribe called Quest? And she's like, how do you know that? How do you know that? And it's like, I don't really know how I know stuff. Mostly it's just my memory. Uh, until we got to the the uh, Corey Dillon, AJ Dillon fiasco, my memory was was working really well. But anyway, so Nick Nolte, toothache, affliction. Well, you know, to kind of tie it to, I guess, our fantasy football league a little bit, like my my ongoing, I tell everybody this, and yet people ignore it. I love conflict. I like when people go at each other. The trick is don't make me one of the parties involved because then I really don't like it. I don't like I'm a delicate flower. So I don't like that. Similarly, it's fun for me kind of as a listener to hench. I'm not involved in the conflict. One man against sanity. And like Nick Nolte in affliction, what you realize at the end is like, Oh, there was nothing going on. He just was losing his mind. That's you. And in fact, there's some pictures of you when your hair really gets wild, where you look like that Nick Nolte mugshot. <laughs> and you're both Hollywood heavyweights. You have a lot in common now that yeah, I think down about and it. out in Beverly Hills. Um, you know, it's crazy. Like, so there's this thing in politics where they like the advice is like run on popularism, find out what's popular and go, that's my thing. That's my thing. So as deranged as I am, because my issue is NFL officiating sucks, mm. I've got a 99% approval rating. With That's so true. You're right. Because who's going to push back? Who's going to go? I think they're doing a great job this year. Like it's, it's the, it's the biggest layup. I just, cause every, by the way, it's also funny. Like every week we talk about how bad the NFL officiating is. And then, and then, the, and then they take it like, Oh, you want to see how bad it could be, right? You know, like the 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 rough and the passer calls get worse somehow week to week, and then and then like, which game was it? Oh, it was it was your Steelers, right? It was Steelers Thursday night where they just said, uh, "We call penalty on every play if you want. You want to, you want us to call a penalty on like wasn't the Titans first drive like it was like four first downs by a penalty like, well yeah that's how it started and. Am I right that that was, am I thinking of that? Was that the game where Al Michaels said like, there's a flag on the field? Of course there is. I mean, talk about a guy who's maybe not losing his mind, but it's just over it. <laughs> it's just, this, this sucks, but I'm not going to leave and shame the devil. Yeah. It, it, it's wild stuff that, you know, we don't accept it, but there is no solve from our side of things. And you're right. It's as though the officials, and it's not just the NFL are sort of taking it as a challenge as though like you ever play one-on-one -on -one with a guy who played college ball. Like I, I, I remember once who was I, I, you know, I, you, yeah, you kind of like I did play one-on-one -on -one with a guy who played college ball. His name was Mike Crotty and he was mm -hmm. the starting point guard for Dartmouth. You might remember his brother, John Crotty sure. who played in the NBA. Right. The, the, the fun part about my story is I beat the starting point guard for Dartmouth one on one in, in a game. Wow. Is that a true story? That's a true story. That's a true story. Okay. I I might not be able to help myself based on my earlier point about enjoying and in fact stoking conflicts that don't involve me. I might have to drop that guy a line to yeah, ask let's him. Let's get Mike Karate on the pod. 
uh, see if you remember. I like that. Uh, not as physically imposing as his brother John, but my my greatest one. That's still pretty bad. I, well, wait, 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 wait. I'm, one I'm one. Not, we're not just celebrating you. I once, as an empath and as a Steeler supporter, I once thought in the offseason to keep at that point the shutdown corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. I wanted him to be mentally sharp. I didn't want him to get off his game. So I put on an AJ Green jersey and I played him. I we did a free throw shooting contest. Damashek destroyed him, but good. And I felt bad about doing it in hindsight. Now, okay, that's 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 my greatest sports achievement. Back to you. All right. Well, this is uh he was a pro athlete and I beat him in a sports competition. You know, That's you pretty good. You played basketball with me. So you kind of like you, you know, you know, right. But Sully McCullough, <laughs> right, Sully McCullough was a bigger big, ego than Giannis has. It's wild. Know, you know, if you know, you know, well, Sully McCullough was a pretty successful stand up, and we were all at Rick Messina's house. So Rick Messina Manages Tim Allen. He manages Drew Carey. Done very well for himself, obviously. Um, and he had a you know big big mansion in Encino with a, with a basketball court. So you know all the flunky comics come up to the house to you know get high and watch football. And then you know I just want to play hoop. Uh, it, it was it was very similar to our blue top situation at Corollas. And so then, and I'm not saying a word about my abilities. I'm just like you know, hey man, I love basketball. Sully McCullough is like. He's like basically saying I'm great at basketball and I, you know, and I'm like, oh, we let's play one-on-one. And then he's just, he's assuming he's going to destroy me. Now, one-on-one is obviously not my game because I'm short, but he was shorter than I am. Like my only problem in one-on-one is, is if you have a lot of length. So then, but he's little and I'm like, oh, you're in trouble, man. Like if you can't, like contest my shot. Anyway, I beat him 21 zip. And the hell uh, is Sully? I, I mean, that was a lesser story. You beat a guy who played division one ball in one on one. Who cares about what Sully McCullough did? The little comic. Well, well, because I, Mike Crotty scored on me. Ah. So it was, it was anyway. I got uh, you. Well, I mean, I don't know. Damashek doesn't have, you know, rare lengths. But he's got the the sad. Well, he's got the, the cunning it, of a mongoose, look, and he would do pinch often. You know what you couldn't I, handle? It was sort of like when Balboa went away from Southpaw a little bit, and it threw Creed off in in their second go round. Everybody remembers that. Um, I think Hench struggled with Damashek's Southpawedness. Like I, you would go by me because I wasn't quick enough, but. In fact, it was my it was in fact my slowness that threw you off. My left-handedness and my slowness. Like you're like, well, I got by that guy, but I was just starting to make my defensive move when you thought, oh, it's over for him. Like I was just and I would block your shot fairly regularly. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Uh you you definitely have deceptive length. You have that Bill Russell left-handed uh thing. What's what what was wild though is like Corolla also left-handed longer than you never blocked my shot. Well, because he doesn't never, leave his feet. That, that know, was like, if you watch him, he never leaves his feet playing listen, basketball. People don't want to hear us talk about our basketball careers, they want to hear us talk about our fantasy football league. And let's get to it then with our golden go to the week spanning the full spectrum of sportsedness. Goat. Greatest of all time or goat, the one who you blame. Hench, start us off. By the way, shout out, Eddie Spaghetti, who are you wearing today? Hench is wearing 
a Bengal. I'm wearing a Panther. Can we go all feline here? No, uh, no I'm a terrier. It's a dog from Boston That's University. Dogs. Yeah. That's a dog. Dogs. All right. Um, Go ahead there, Hedge. Take it away. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesars Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so... Talk about the cats, the cool cats, the name of my fantasy football team. Well, you're, you've obviously, I mean, I, it's no surprise to our listeners that you've lost your mind. Like, you've Why? come completely untethered. Okay, so how long ago was the was the Todd Gurley fiasco in our league. How many- I don't know, but Tall John and Jamie, the team who made that deal with you, somehow misinterpreted me trying. No, I okay, wasn't I- in the deal. So I, so Wait, when you were Todd- not in the Gurley deal? No, two years so what ago, happened, it was exact. Ago? This is why I've kept my powder completely dry on ah. the latest controversy. So I was in the Bill Simmons position on the Todd Gurley trade for Sony Michelle and David Johnson. So, okay. Bar Owls were out of it and Jane, you know, Tall John and Jamie swooped in like vultures, like you were accused of, frankly, of going to a team that's that's out of it and picking through the bones of their roster, and so they wanted Todd Gurley, who was the best player in fantasy at the time, for two mediocre running backs, 
And Bar Owl's argument. Boy, was, by the way, doesn't that as a as a side note really shows you how much football changes and how fast the names you just dropped involved in that trade? Like everybody went quite wild. David Johnson for Todd Gurley. Like that was three years ago. It may as well have been 19 years ago. Anyway, well, continue. Well, but so it was crazy. So it's like obviously, like I got caught up in the cycle of of uh violence where I was like. Okay, you're trading with an 0-6 team. You're getting the best because it, you know, is this what makes it so analogous to what Simmons is doing? Because I had the best team. I was gonna win. And then okay. and then the second best team added Todd Gurley and literally didn't give up anyone in their starting lineup. You just added Todd Gurley, and it was like Jamie and Powell worked together side by side. Powell's 0-6. Like, and I, you know, I lost my mind like Simmons, and then it got very you know, personal and like, and I'm not good. I don't like conflict at all. And I'm not good at knowing when someone's trolling. Like, I'm like, I don't I'm like, you, I you, you're an like, and like, and they're like, no, he was kidding. I'm like, oh, he said, I'm a terrible person. I, is that a joke? I don't know. Like, anyway, so I lost my mind. I lost my mind. That's where I lose my mind every time. No, but when, so it, when, when your personal integrity is called into question yeah, over so, a stupid fan, they're like, well, you know, this is what no, we're doing like, with each other. You know, and, and I'm like, <laughs> and and so I, you know, behaved reprehensibly. But the, the punchline is Todd Gurley immediately gets dinged. Does like the Jennies are non-contenders. The the trade, the trade is a wash. It's you know, and it's like it was all. For nothing, you know. So this year, uh, it when when the Dutch Mook at two and six, you know, trades you. And I think I think Simmons' reaction was based on Jameer Gibbs' breakout game, right? I mean, like it's the Jameer Gibbs part of that that people are overreacting to, right? I guess, but it's also see the insinuation that I, to be honest with you, didn't immediately pick up on. What I, what I reacted to was like. We're going after the Dutch Mook. Is he some sinister soul that I that I've missed that he's trying to manipulate things behind the scenes? And it took me literally a day or two to realize, like, oh, it's a passive aggressive shot at me that somehow I am trying to manipulate the Dutch Mook who has larger matters in his life going on, and somehow I, I'm taking advantage of the poor well, guy. I, I was like, like the oh, blame, that's what's going on there. The blame is always with the vulture who goes to. I didn't do anything. The the offer showed up. He texted me, hey, I just sent you an offer. I saw it. I was like, ooh, accept. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. So, so obviously, um, I was I was neutral on this one. First of all, because as Sal, I think, pointed out rightly, it's like he's like, I would rather two and six teams do stuff to try than just don't pick up a kicker. Right. Cause that happens in every league where you're like, wow, man. I really need this team to lose to make the playoffs. Oh, too bad they're playing a team that didn't start a kicker because they're out of it. Like so, Mook is trying, you know, a hail mary to, to to you know to stay to stay mathematically alive. So the 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 first rage is like, oh no, Damashek is taking advantage of Mook. Very funny detail that Mook proposed that trade. Uh, he, you know, and but the, but the other part, it's like so it's Rashad White who scores two touchdowns, beautiful. Uh, Brian Robinson, who also scores a touchdown. And then Michael Pittman, you know, who has, I think, 60 yards receiving. Four, three guys on a bye, Ayuk, Gibbs, and Montgomery. And so I, everyone looks at 
the playing Sheck in the playoffs part of it, not the Mook trying to, you know, keep his season going. But even, even excusing the buy part, which is a pretty big part, you know, when, what, what were we at? Eight, they're going to, the guys you're getting are going to miss 20% of the rest of the season, right? That's right. But beyond that, you know, you're going to have the Montgomery Gibbs decision to make when they're both healthy. Like that's, they're not Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson where you can start both. Like, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be kicking yourself when Gibbs, you know, has 111 total yards, but Monty gets both touchdowns to the one yard line. It was just, it wasn't, it wasn't, first of all, I was wrong about Todd Gurley and it wasn't even as egregious as Gurley. So I was like, I think I just sent my email saying like, I'm always wrong about this. So I'm just going to keep my powder dry. Um, But then people started going crazy about other trades that were even like more fair. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, the Trevor Lawrence on a buy for Derek Carr, not on a buy. Like I, I, it was like, it, it was very weird I mean, and I know some people think well, that was good. to me was a worse trade, obviously, in terms of, you know, fantasy points going forward. But I, I but I, my point is we have no one asked anybody else. Is it OK if we make this trade? <laughs> this trying to back end a ruling because you don't like the deal is is just loco crap no, to the me. Greatest part, greatest part. And 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 Ham and Mook were, were great on the pod. But the best part, like it, it played like a joke, right? Simmons went crazy, you know, basically trying to, you know, rewrite the constitution, like the Ohio state legislature to get the outcome he wanted. And then Jamie just produced the email where Simmons voted against, I voted (laughs) for the league being able to veto trades. Like the league should be able to go. That's out of, that's out of line. And, and I was in the minority and Simmons voted against the very thing he was trying to invoke um anyway so all right hey let's let does everybody still love listening to other people talk about their fantasy teams and fantasy leagues eddie spaghetti how are we doing on that <laughs> well luckily i think that this week i mean it's a pretty popular league it's been on the manning cast and mentioned the manning cast uh twice i believe and getting on you know john Hand to talk about it, it was a pretty big deal jen piacente weighed in with myself on waiver wired so i feel like this has been the buzz of the week i think you got a pass here so um but we have covered it uh at at length already so all right fine so i'll do it well let, let ask, well let me say this like was what was what did, who did Tommy Pham slap or hit? What was that story? What, oh yeah, I mean it's like uh, it what's is, his name? But Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, yeah. Right. So it's like it is wild. Oh, my former neighbor. So it is wild. Like nobody wants to hear about your actual fantasy team. Like, hey man, I got a lot of depth at wide receiver. Nobody cares about that part. Mm-hmm. Like I lost by 1.1. Yeah, nobody, I don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah, bad beat. But like, but if a, if a professional baseball player is slapping another baseball player over a fantasy trade, yes, that is fair game. Everybody wants to hear that story. So we have, uh, we have not uh, been reduced to blows, thankfully, in our fantasy league, but it's been a, it's been a wild year, uh, obviously starting on draft night. uh, It's, you know, and, and of course, (laughs) <laughs> all of it gets more embarrassing when when you you ask you know hey how old are all these guys? That's the oh, point. I mean, they're in, the, they're in their fifties. I should move on because it, it it you know I, I I'm a delicate flower and it causes me such torment when these when these episodes happen and I'm aware like this is just fantasy football but also it ties me in the knots and then I think 
it's really going to be funny when we're 81. Let's keep going just for that. Let's, I mean, like we're old already, but you know, what, three, five that, decades from now, way funnier. The other thing that's wild about what's, what's happening in our league right now is like, I think, you know, people, you know, when Ham made the point, like, you know, doesn't Simmons have better things to do with this, you know, $200 million media empire. And it's like, well, a lot of times I've, you know, been guilty of fantasy negligence because I have been busy. Like I just have been like too busy to like drill down or like go through other teams rosters. Are you kidding me? Like no way. And Simmons, and I know you don't like hearing about the other league, but he's going for it. This is his priority this year. He, he will, I, I like he will go on hiatus from, from his media empire to win these two fantasy leagues. Like he's so He's sending out crazy trade proposals. You know, he's into it. So this is his priority this year is winning these leagues. And it does make a difference when you're like paying attention and you kind of count on certain people to be too busy. And then you're like, wow, if the busiest guy in our league is focusing on winning it, because that's quite a draft there. Well, listen, the guy running multiple shows is pretty busy himself, Kevin Hench. And uh, so good, good little recap, maybe a little long. I hope uh, our listeners are still with us here. Send us an ear. That's a good test. Send us an ear. We're making an emergency call. Uh, the listeners know what I'm talking about there. Well, how drop about us an ear. We know you're poll. still with us. This would be a good poll. Which okay. would you rather listen to? Uh Hench and Sheck talk about their their fairy tale football league mm-hmm. or Sheck talk about hockey. <laughs> well, you know, I do have to say, as we are now into our goat and goat fully here, that um I thought for real, the MOOC joining us, and we had some good conversation about Oregon and how they're going to get jammed up here. I think it's crazy. And I, I did check in with uh, the resident ducks whisperer, Jeff Schwartz to confirm this after the conversation, but dig where the final four is tracking right now. There's a real chance that Bama will win out the way they're playing. And that, that includes beating Georgia in the sec title game. If that happens and Texas wins out, Oregon could win out. And that would mean beating Washington in the title game, Pac-12 title game, which is a rematch. They could beat what would be the third or fourth ranked team because Michigan and Ohio State are going to beat each other. And Georgia and Bama, one of those two teams, is going to take a loss head to head. So Washington will ascend by the time that conference game will be the third or fourth best team. Oregon could beat that team and still get left out. It is it is wild stuff there. So shout out to him for taking the time to do it with his busy life. And Ham, I I think deserves a shout out as well because one, I appreciated that he took the time to issue a formal apology for kicking me out of the league. I thought that was really nice of him to do that. And everybody has that on record now. And we'll remember it for all oh, the time. I can't wait for my formal apology from you for kicking me out of the league. I didn't know that there were formal apologies afoot. Well, okay, he didn't apologize for that. But you know what? So be it. Um, I do think it's cool. You know, everybody loves that. the shine. People love the shine you get off of like, yeah, I showed up. I'm the celebrity in the stands at that game. Like, I think it's pretty fun to listen. That That's how I got to know him. So that's why I find it intriguing uh, to hear a guy like, 
Oh, he actually is living and dying with the St. Louis Blues. It's really neat that he can do deep dives on that. There aren't a lot of people who we run into who are who are really doing that on the level he is, which makes it fun to yap with him. So, so that was uh, that was a good times, and and we obviously we're on the right side morally, you know, as men of justice and and honor in this latest fantasy fiasco. And apparently, you're on the wrong side since you think it was a bad trade and think it should be undone. Oh, I- I'm I literally defended the trade. Okay. Okay. And, I, I'm unclear on where everybody is on this. And I was neutral. Okay. Uh because of my own bad behavior. I was like, you better keep your powder dry, Hench. Okay. <laughs> I have a good question for you, but a very quick one. The referee thing is just it it's insane. And it's this weird, you know, everybody does that metaphor about the frog boiling in water, but that the frog doesn't make a noise. Because it takes, we're doing it, but we're but we know it's happening. We are the frog boiling, and we are emotionally boiling over too with rage, and we have nothing that we can do about it. And these guys only ascend higher up. And I say it's the NFL officials, but did you see Wednesday night's game? Arguably the best player of the millennium, Giannis, is out there, and he gets kicked out for staring for 0.3 seconds after a dunk at his opponent, he gets tossed from the game. I mean, I know people like to say it, but what are we doing? Nobody cares, official, about your morality. And I don't care if you explain, well, the league really wants us to to make sure that we hold the the players, that they toe the line on not doing that. What are we, you kicked out Giannis? Yeah. Do you think people paid, what if you paid 150 bucks for a seat to be at that game and they just tossed Giannis because he stared at somebody for a second? Sheesh. Okay, the that's my thing, go-to. Like, as I was watching the Clayton Toon, Brett Rippon, um, Tommy DeVito apocalypse of NFL football, like, it's like, you know, every team is playing a stiff. How many of those injuries were the result of a, of a roughing the passer? Like, it's not you're ruining the game with your roughing mm-hmm. the passer call and your rationale is we're keeping the quarterbacks healthy. Oh, of course you are, because look at all these awesome quarterbacks that are playing like half the quarterbacks are hurt. You're ruining the game. You're not keeping the quarterbacks healthy. So your your reason for these chicken roughing the passer calls is got to protect the quarterback, but they're getting hurt in a million other ways. You know, most commonly hitting their thumb on a helmet on a follow through. Like it's like, so you have a bunch of terrible backup quarterbacks ruining the game in their way. And then you have the refs still ruining the game in their way. And we're, we're boiling frogs, man. It's, it's, it's painful, but all right. But right in pain. That's the, like I, we, we are all suffering. We, you know, we've talked about this before, but the specific effect as you jump in, sorry to interrupt you there, but just, it is the like the visceral joy in the not like the moment. I don't mean like over the 10 or 15 minutes of like, we can you believe we just won that game? I'm talking about, you know, in the split second, like, oh my God, he might go. He, oh, he might go all the way. He's going to go. We did it. We went. Touchdown. Like, you can't feel, you now no longer feel that as fully as you did a generation ago because you know, like, is there going to be some crappy like flag on the field? And you're waiting for that yellow thing to pop up at the bottom of your screen. And sometimes you get angry at the play-by-play guy because you saw a flag fly in and he's still calling it as though it's a live play. And you're like, 
hey, you, you missed the flag. There's a flag. They're going to bring this one back. And you know it. And the hands to the face and the the illegal man downfield and those, un- you know, the, the unsatisfying nature of the calls that are, you know, 25 yards away from an impact. Gene's territory goes on uh, a Pittsburgh radio show, WDV. I go on every week, too, with Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford. And he's on there. And he said, you have to, he counsels current officials. Obviously, we all know Gene territory at this point. But he counsels them. He's like, don't make the calls that you can make. Make the calls you need to make. And it's, it's absolutely right. I think that says it all. It gets it exactly Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. You know, these, these guys calling illegal contact, you know, away from the play as the quarterback's getting sacked. Just keep your powder dry for a second. You wait a second and you'll go no impact on the play. Like, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's wild, uh, you know, what an epidemic it is. And as you mentioned that it's like, we all got to the point on all punt returns where you really had to keep, you're like, well, you know, the, the, the play-by-play guy has to yell no flags before the guys in the end zone. Like that becomes once like the, you know, the, the charger Davis, like once you hit the seam, the play-by-play guy has to scan the field for flags because you need to know no flags. Then you can let your body have the sensation of celebrating a touchdown. Now the, the, the QB, your defense gets a stop on third and 11. Great breakup by the DB at the marker, but you can't feel anything because you have to wait to see if roughing, like every third down, you're like, was roughing called? There are even times because obviously they have to follow the ball and you're like, ah, my guy was closing it. Like you're you're bummed that, you know, your defensive end was so close to the quarterback. He probably hit him. So now you're in in this emotional coin flip. You know what it is? You know what it's like? I've been lucky to never be on antidepressants, but I've heard from dear friends that. Prozac specifically, maybe others that they keep you from getting too high or too low. Like they keep you in a mm. nice even keel. But one of the highs that that it uh, inhibits is ejaculation. Oh, terrific, terrific. That's uh, <laughs> that's not something I look forward to at all. So that's that's no problem. <laughs> Seems gonna, severe. I didn't know that that's what was going it. on. We're going to stay right down here in this gray area with let's nothing. all become robots. That yes. will be better it, if we just all nothing, turn nothing to look forward to ever. Okay, great. So that's what this officiating crisis is reducing us to where we're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. don't get too high. Don't get you're too so high. Right. You know, you're so you know, right. You're like, you can never. And then, and then you get the little, like the, the unsatisfying, like ejaculation of like, um, oh, the calls upheld. You know, it's seven minutes later, you know, like, you know, well, that extra layer is absolutely right, too. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was only like three years or so ago where that was our fixation was it takes too long. The review process, which, of course, still stands if you're watching the game and they spin those highlights. Like, let's see what happened on here within literally seven seconds. You're watching it. If you're an informed fan, you're like, oh, well, the, the ball did hit the ground and let's move on. And for some reason, It takes these guys 11 more minutes of our lives to then arrive at the conclusion we all knew was coming anyway. The other thing is quickly, the other great rule from Steratory that is 
on a human level that it doesn't get lost in some, you know, uh, pseudo legalese is, is the guy, the, the, the pass rusher, is he giving the QB the business or is he not giving them the business? That's, I mean, it's exactly right. The way those two phrases, everybody understands them, even though they're, they're vaguely ambiguous in terms of language, you know, exactly what that is. That's the standard it is, is he giving them the business or is he not? And make the calls you have to make. Not was it? That's but was it. it Chargers? You know, like we're also PTSD'd at this point from roughing the passer. But like there, I think it was one of the Charger sacks of Zach Wilson, where they ragdolled him, like they took him and wound up and whipped him to the ground. And I'm like, oh, that's definitely a penalty. The guy's standing right there, and it's like, nope, not that time. Like it's the the inconsistency is maddening. Well, and I like I like superstars getting the benefit of the doubt. So like some strike zone stuff I can be kind of loose with. I definitely like a superstar in the NBA getting getting some latitude there. If you're a, a high an end goal, Such if you're a goal scorer and you know how to you know you know how to feel that stick and take advantage of it. I'm fairly loose on all that kind of stuff. But the but the like, oh, that's a good QB. He gets that call and the bad QBs don't. It's like, well, what the hell is that standard? That, yeah, that's a really sure. weird thing. It has nothing for to do with sure. it. Yeah. You're allowed allowed bizarre. If you're I allowed can just do it. it's basically like you're allowed to do it to Zach Wilson. Well, why? Because we don't care if he gets hurt. <laughs> whoever we put in behind him yeah. is gonna be the same guy. Anyway. Like the league has sent out a memo. Yeah, these guys can get hurt, no problem. Uh, Sorry, spaghetti. Right. No, I, I just I know we're belaboring this point. Everyone I think is on our side, but it's it's you know, this is like the thing I texted you guys. This is like two weeks ago now at this point, but like I don't blame the refs. I blame the NFL because the NFL wanted to be this way because That's the right. NFL will review this in the off season. They will say, no, oh, these are the right calls. This is how we want the league to be officiated. There was nothing they would change. They did it last year, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plays. They reviewed, they said, I believe it was three. They said three, they would have changed. That's not true. We know that there was way more than three plays that were bad. Um, but that Monday night football game a couple weeks back where Buck and Aikman were like, oh, it's a bad call. I forget who does the um, the in-booth uh, referee who also agreed with them. And the NFL impromptu was like, no, get the VP of officiating on the Monday night football broadcast to then say why that was actually the right call. And he like changed the rules of intentional grounding on air that – I've never, it's like never happened in the history of the NFL. And if the fact of like the NFL is going to now put their league guys on broadcast to, to be like, to carry water and be like, no, 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 this is actually why there's, this should be called like, we're going to lose. Like we already, we already lost and it's not going to get any better if they're doubling down on themselves. So I, I just think like we're in some scary times here with the fish. Oh, it is. It's well, it's very Orwellian. It's 1984 when the, the, the party, the, the, the overlord right. comes on your TV to tell you, you can't believe your eyes. You can't believe your eyes. Two plus two is five. That was not grounding. That was roughing the passer. You're like, you're like, you can't gaslight me. I know, I know how football is supposed to be played. You can't. Well, if it, if you, but you know, exactly, kind of what the the point you're making there is like, if, if it's like, is your burger a little bit better if you put a nice piece of Swiss on it? Don't ask cheese. Cheese is probably going to be like, yeah, it is better. Everything's better with a little bit of me on it. Of course, who are you asking? They're going to validate their people. What are um, we doing? Real they, quick, I love the school marms out there in the public who will, I'll be like, that was a terrible call. And then, and then the next day they'll say like league officials looked at it and they said it was a perfectly fine call. So you can't give 
<laughs> Whose side are you on, you weirdo? This was wild. And it's like, I know most of the time, uh, you know, NFL quarterbacks are working while NFL football is being played. But, you know, one of the ones I've just, I've had it in for, it's just insane that we still live in a society where this is called over and over and over again. Obviously, I believe cost the Patriots a Super Bowl, safety in, in the first quarter, a safety because Brady threw the ball right down the middle of the field. And the receiver ran an outbreaking route when he thought he was going to run an inbreaking route. And they were like, that's grounding. It's the officials don't know. Like he's obviously throwing the ball to a spot where he believes the receiver is going to go. And, you know, by the way, some yeah, of those I know exactly calls, the play you're talking about. You know, yeah. right? So then Josh Allen says after the game, I've never seen that call. Do you? You there are you do have a bye week. Do you ever watch football? This call is they call it all the time. I've never seen that call. I'm like, did you not watch the second Patriots Giants Super Bowl? Do you not watch football? Like, this is one of those terrible calls where guys who apparently know nothing about football go, Wow, he threw the ball so far beyond the receiver that slammed on the brakes. It's like, yeah, he thought Gabe Davis was running a fly. You can't wait as the quarterback to confirm that. I mean, all of these passes are thrown based on where the guy is going to go. And then they call grounding. It's insane. It's all terrible. You know what? You made it through your goat and goats, though. See, another. Oh, you haven't. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were finished. I maybe it's coming now. I was about to praise you for maturity. Go ahead. Well, you know what it is, because we go so fast on the pregame 15 minute that I like to luxuriate when we have time. I see. Please have at it. We got to get the entire outback mode in Australia. This guy's we got to go long, man. This guy's Mm -hmm. mowing. So, um. Okay, honorable mention, bad goat, real quick, because we will be we'll have many, many opportunities to revisit it throughout the season. James Harden is the gift that keeps on giving. Like, first of all, why there's any demand for this guy? You know, it's he led the league in assists last year and is selfish. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, it makes no sense. Like, he's the most generous player in the league. He led the league in assists. I don't get it. I don't understand it. He comes to the Clippers. He's played two games. By the way, his numbers aren't bad. His first game, he's six for nine with only two turnovers, but he's minus 18 when he's on the court. They they lose to the lowly Knicks. Second game, he's minus 15 when he's on the court. They lose to the Nets, who are under 500 going into that game. So he's played two games. They've lost to two crappy teams, and he's minus 33. Congratulations, Clippers, on getting... the 2016 All-Stars together. Like, how is this going to work? It's a, Well, it's funny because I think you go a little bit further back in Clippers history. I think he's Corey Maggette 2.0, except more marketable, maybe because he has that beard or something. I, I don't know what it is that seduces teams. And I really hate to be, you know, sincerely, I wonder if a team like the Clippers gets a guy like that in the name of like, bet you will sell more tickets. You know, I mean, but at this point, you feel like they should feel like we have a shot. We can make we we can get this done. And they consider so it's not a marketing point. They actually thought about this. These professional basketball people are like, yes, we get closer to the title with James Harden. It's like there's no evidence of that, man. I don't know what what you've been watching. In fact, if you've been watching the NBA, look at the addition by subtraction that's going on in Philly. Hmm. 
everyone playing better in Philly. Sixers look great. They're happy. Uh, it's what we thought was happening with Jordan Love briefly. Hey, good good news, uh, Clippers fans. If there are any of them out there, it, uh, well, there are a couple dozen at least. Um, but uh, good news is James Harden will want out in the next That's right. That's three true. weeks to gonna feel five betrayed. as much. So. He's right. going to be feel betrayed. Ty Lue lied to me. Yeah, uh, so you can uh, look forward what to a, that. What a, you know, so he's he's the bad goat anytime we okay. want to go there. But, you know, we were talking in, the, in our little pre-production meeting about Dak Prescott. Mm. And, you know, I, I went eight and five last week or nine and five if you count the Thursday game. But I... I'm so pissed that I, that Cowboys plus three didn't come in. I, mm-hmm. I just, I really thought the Cowboys would play him even and they did. And so I'm going to do my bad goat and my good goat sort of as a package. Dak Prescott has 27 seconds from the six yard line. So you've got four plays from the six to win the game. CJ Stroud has 46 seconds from his own 25 yard line. It takes him four plays, chunk, 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 to beat the Bucks. you know, in, in like a – everyone's been like impressed, the 14-to-1 TD to interception ratio, the record for most passes to start a career without an interception. But like those four plays, it was like they were just plays. Like there was nothing weird. There was no tip. There was no Hail Mary. He just went blam, like big chunk, big chunk, big chunk, touchdown, and, and was so – poised and like such the real deal. And I know we said on this podcast, we've talked about it. We were in Vegas when Lovey Smith cost the Texans, the first overall pick we were, we were freaking out. And now I think Lovey Smith should go in the Texans ring of honor for winning that game because it it, it really saved them. What Carolina is going so through true. with their, with their, you know, the, the lowest ranked QB, the tiny, tiny, tiny Bryce young versus the six, three, two twenty CJ Stroud, who, as we said on this podcast, if you looked at his performance versus that Georgia defense, those guys are the NFL defenders. Um, this is this. I mean, we did cover it. Yeah, Pat ourselves not, on the I mean, back. We can't say it's not a surprise because it the numbers are unbelievable. But anyway, going back to Dak, six yard line, twenty seven seconds. You know, I'm watching with a group of degenerates. None of us think they're going to win the game. Hmm. None of us think they're going to win the game. He's going to Dak it up. He's going to Dak it up, and he did. And by the way, you still would have gone to OT if he hadn't already dashed right. it up by how do you, if your goal was to get out of bounds to stop the clock, like when he's rolling out for that two point conversion, you know, and he's being chased, is it Fletcher Cox or, or Graham, Graham, Brandon Graham? He's being chased by a lineman. And obviously, Dak is not as athletic as he used to be with the 40 pounds of tattoo ink on his leg. But he, it's like harder to get out of bounds than to convert the two point conversion. Or, or like, it's how did you get, <laughs> it's like, how did you get your foot out? You're of reminding bounds? me of George Pickens trying to get his foot down in the end zone on right, Thursday yeah. night. Please, it, back George to George Pickens it. extending to get out of bounds. Like, you're like, Dak. Is your is your spatial relations ability like you didn't think you had to turn the shoulders upfield? Like, are you do you so want to avoid contact? You ran out of bounds when you needed to get to the pylon. And at some point, you got to turn your shoulders and get upfield. When I saw that replay, you know, because live, I was like, he's he's in, obviously. Mm. He can see the sideline and the pylon. 
what what kind of a who how drunk would you have to be to step out of bounds before you get it, it, get the ball across the? Pile? It is crazy. And by the way, I didn't see that one live, but I did know Pickens was out of bounds. And I'm like, why are they can, <laughs> carrying on with the celebrations? And Al Michaels is and Kirk Herbstreet is excited as they can possibly get. We're relatively excited and all that kind of stuff. I'm like. This play is coming back. Is anyone going to acknowledge that it's what was plainly out of bounds? So I'm talking about so then, the anticlimactic vibes. But anyway. So then, so then Dak Dak's it up on the two-point conversion. Now Dak's got, okay, you got 27 seconds, four plays, obviously, to, to get it in the end zone from the six. And you know, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, top three crossing patterns. Like, I mean, that guy runs. Shallow crosses, you can't stay with him. He's he's great in traffic. Like you know, you you should win this game. So the first thing that happens is, like, why are we up against it with the clock? Like, why is this 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 the NFL play clock is an eternity? Like, let's let's go. So they're out of sorts, you know, and that's like that's leadership. That's you know. It's like, let's get to the line and and, and everything's going to be very comfortable. And so the left guard wiggles and flinches, which and I I didn't I didn't hear any explanation of this. Dak runs a QB draw like is that was that what I mean, obviously, Cowboys saved by the false start because Dak is going to is going to you get four plays from the six unless you run a QB draw on first down, like whip it over the goalpost. Like if you think the play is blown up, but don't try to don't do the Jamie Foxx any given Sunday. I'm going to scramble. Like that's the one thing you can't do is as spaghetti knows the Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to check to a run. It's the only way you won't get four plays from the six. So Dak is trying to Dak it up. Like he's already made a flustered, terrible decision, but he's saved by the false start. And it's like, don't worry, Dak's like, I got this. Obviously, you can't take a sack. Obviously, you can't take a sack. I mean, these quarterbacks, you should be in pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo mode. Like, the thing that can't happen is you get tackled with the ball. Just throw a hook shot into the middle of the field. Like, nothing is as bad as you getting tackled with the ball. And Dak, zero clock in his head, no sense that they maybe are getting close. The sack. Now we're in Hail Mary territory. Like they should have had four plays from the six. They end up with three plays. Like it's it's so terrible. So Dak's my bad goat. You know, I I don't I don't think, and I'll ask you guys, we're 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 suspended over a pit of fire, and the, the you, you gotta get their answer right or you get plunged in into the flames. Does Dak Prescott win a Super Bowl? No way. No way. No. Well, I mean, he's also up against history at this point, as I like to point out. The guys who play in the Super Bowls this millennium are on their rookie deals. The real deal QB, but still on his. So the future, in other words, may be bright down Houston way rather than Dallas several miles away there. I'm with you that they probably are not going to get over the hump because there is something recurring with Dak Prescott in these big moments. And yet... Everybody around him is like, he is a leader of men. Everybody wants a win for him. Charismatic. And the numbers are there over the course of his career. It is strange. Quick question on that. Then, if you traded Dak for Jalen Hurts, 
is it is everything the same? Because by the way, I said we said on the 15 minute show last week, I showed you the records for both teams. If the Cowboys just survive that game and are a half game back, the Eagles have a gauntlet. I mean, they have like three of the three of the five best teams in football upcoming and the Cowboys have a breeze. They really could have taken over the division and never let up. But now here we are. I'll say you I'm curious, uh, Hench. Well, Dak- it's wild, right? Because, you know, it, it, you know, it's it, a lot of smart people, uh, you know, people got together. I think most people, you know, said you, you should take Bryce Young over CJ Stroud, right? The, the people whose job it is to know this, you know, the consensus was take take the Smurf over this guy. Um, and they've they've all been proven wrong. I, you know, like I, I don't I've seen enough, right? Stroud is unbelievable. I mean, he's just throwing ropes on like you know, deep crosses, like the every throw. Um on the you, money, too. If you watched uh Stroud, uh, oh sorry, if you watched Hertz and Prescott, it's like to your point about the trade. Scouting combine. Okay, we want to watch you guys make all the throws. You would definitely take Dak. You would take Dak. Like Hertz has still has that weird throwing motion you mentioned uh, in our pre pre production meeting. And um, but you know, so so it's like Dak throws a lovely ball, like just a beautiful ball. Uh, but Dak no longer that athletic as stepping out of bounds uh, on the two point conversion showed. And Hurts, I think he's dinged. Like he's not as crazily athletic as he seemed last year. But Eagles should have lost both games to the commies. Like he's got a weird winner thing going on. Where if the if if you put Hurts on the Cowboys with the exact same roster at the six yard line with twenty seven seconds left, first and goal, I think Hurts wins that game. I guess you're you're right about that, because I would push back on that. And so much of it has to do in Philly, you know, for the last decade, not just with Jalen Hurts, with that offensive line up front. But I think you're right. When you put it in that context, I do think Jalen Hurts would house that ball with his legs in all likelihood. So, yeah, maybe you're onto something there. All right. Interesting stuff. Eddie Spaghetti, it's your turn. Goat and goat. Um, yeah, I'll start off with my uh, good goat here, and this is just more of a a farewell. Um, it's a goodbye. It's an honorary good goat. It's going to be Daniel Jones. Last time uh, we've oh, ever seen him hurts. as a Giants fan. Um, just, I mean, look, the guy from the draft and check. We were there. Took the famous picture with him. Uh, drafted him when you had Eli Manning on the roster. Right after picking up the uh, the option to keep Eli Manning, give him a contract for that next year. So right off the bat, I mean, this guy. People were saying, "Why are you taking him?" He's a, he goes to a basketball school, uh, and the, and he was a guy that was going to. He was supposed to play football at. Princeton. And then luckily at the last minute, you know, Dukes had come over here um, and everyone you talk to, you know, Cutcliffe, especially who's the the famous, you know, quarterback guru and was coach there. The guy just been a workhorse and a gym rat and just study a student of the game, you know, since his college days through his pro days. And it's it just easy to root for a guy and the age of like the social media and the kind of uh, me first athletes, like just somebody who does not say a peep and keeps to himself. And it just, I love that about him and going through the Shermer experiment into Joe judge. And then obviously now with Dayball and Kafka, just year after year, new coach, new offense, new system. We try to draft players to help them like a Kadarius Tony. That doesn't work out. We try to draft offensive linemen like Evan Neal to help him out. That doesn't work. Just no, nothing ever goes right for this guy. And the one year that it kind of did, 
you know, going making the playoffs last year, winning a road playoff game versus the Vikings. Um, he still did that with like the top three receivers, all like Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, all injured. They try to bring in Darren Waller. He gets injured again. Like just nothing ever goes right for this guy. And seeing that play where he kind of, I guess, tripped over his own guy when Max Crosby was like rushing him and then something happened. You could tell that it was off. And then when he just drops back, tries to plant his, his right foot and it just collapses. Um, I just felt sick. I felt terrible for the guy because he does not deserve this. And to me, he is like the quintessential, like goes to the Patriots and Belichick and his like final hurrah will coach him up to be like a play, a perennial playoff quarterback. And I hope it does happen um, because the John, and, and you know, it was the best case scenario for all parties, um, him getting injured, um, you know, especially when they have that contract, he will cost like 22 million against the cap uh, and dead money, which is whatever you had to pay him. And his contract is not what people think he's not getting paid 40 million a year. Um, and that contract for quarterbacks will be pretty middle of the road by next season anyway. But um, it just makes the most sense because this is how Dable and Shane extend their careers as giants. Uh, because if you attach yourself to a new quarterback, you're going to get two, three years anyway. So they're going to go take a quarterback and they'll uh, unfortunately move on from him. And it just has to happen. This, this arrow giants football is just is disgusting. It's a disgrace. And it needs a whole new fresh face. So this is my uh, my farewell to Daniel Jones there. Um, kind of nice. I got to say real quick, because I think, you know, Spaghetti and I are in the same garage on, on uh, Danny Dimes. I, I, just, I just think he's good. And I just I, I'm like, I don't think, you know, he's ever had enough around him. Um, and, and like Spaghetti pointed out, like, you know, he he won a road playoff game with nothing around him. Like it's like he and and but the 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 if this is the swan song which i think spaghetti's right about like it's like it says so much about this guy and who he is when you think of the licks that he has taken like that opening night against the cowboys just getting blasted play after play and you know not screaming at receivers for not getting open or anything it's just like back in the huddle get blasted like so tough and then we got to assume he tore his ACL on the play before, right? Yeah, that yeah, like yeah. so hmm. he tears his ACL and he's like, huddle up, huddle up, let's go. And it's not until you know he's gotta be in a lot of pain, but he's used to being in pain after a, a giant's mm-hmm. offensive play because he gets blasted on every play. He tears his ACL and he goes, huddle up. And then he's like, Oh, I can't put any weight on my leg. That is like that that's a different kind of badge of honor, like for that guy. So I, I'm with spaghetti, man. I, I I like him. I think he is a winner and I hope he finds the right situation. Um, It's funny. Eddie spaghetti sort of personifies what it is to be a quarterback in New York city and that pressure cooker. I was at the draft, as he said, spaghetti and spaghetti's brother. And I, in the same room waiting for all the first round draft picks to come so we can kibitz with them. And when you could hear the stage nearby, they announced the the New York Giants select Daniel Dimes, Duke and Eddie Spaghetti and his brother MF it up. But good. And how could they do this? And 25 minutes later, Danny Dimes is in there and I'm taking a picture of the two of them or somebody's taking a picture of the two of them. And I'm like, Spaghetti, tell them what you said. Tell what you said 20 minutes ago <laughs> and all of that. And this is what ha- he won. He won over about as tough a town you can win over. I think people, Giants fans, largely embrace this guy. I do think it's over for him. Real quick, though, Spaghetti, as a fan of the Giants, you say you hope he goes somewhere and thrives. What if it's in Washington? Will you be happy for him then? Um, You know, it's kind of like... 
I I, I want to see him thrive and be successful. It's kind of like the same thing when I see Ranger players go other places and they, you know, I'm trying to think of guys like Brady Shea or JT Miller. And I'm like, all right, they're doing better. It's okay. I don't hate them. I will never hate him. If he, even if he goes to a rival, because um, I do think he has the potential to be good. I mean, I'm not a Patriots lover, but I, I said, like, I think the Patriots would make a ton of sense for him to go there. Uh, the command. Yeah, but if think- he's beating you twice a season, it'll take on a different look altogether. If it's in yeah. your division, you're like, ah, I'm not so happy for this guy anymore. It'll show the failures of the organization, which I don't see turning around anytime soon anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it will just be it'll another reason for me not to watch football on Sunday. So it's, I'm, I'm fine with that. All uh, right, let's go. Give us another one here. Bad go really and- quick. I texted you guys about the, the Miami heat court. Um, I, I think it got overtaken with just go, go give it a Google. Look at how insane it is. The quote, like hardest working, most professional, whatever. It's an insane thing that he did for this uh, in season tournament, but the, the real bad go to the week. And I'm positive that uh Hench saw this one was probably salivating for me to bring it up was the, uh, the Brian Cashman uh, sunglasses, pink golf shirt, crossed arms, cursing at the media. Uh, I, th- I believe they were in Scottsdale. Um, just some great quotes. He said, starting with, um, well, uh, he ended with blaming injuries. So that's always a good one saying that we would have been good, but we had injuries. So that's great. He says, you know, you're not, not supposed to be an excuse, but it really is. Uh, then he goes and says and, and lies that uh, they're actually have the smallest analytic department. The Yankees are not run by analytics. When we just saw Aaron judge say uh, publicly like a couple of weeks ago, saying that uh, when he won the Roberto Clemente award, like that, not everything is in place. Uh, everything shouldn't be done strictly by analytics. It should be more of a feel thing. So he's like basically combating uh, Aaron judge. Uh, he said that he's proud of his guys and that we're pretty effing good. Um, you won what 82 games last year, and you've been going further and further away from a world series since 2017. Uh, he goes and argues about the players he brought in, like with uh, Gallo and, and Sonny gray and says like, look how good they've been or look how, what teams picked them up after playoff team. And he's uh, in the Cy Young competition, just like one of the strangest, like not, understanding how he looks outwardly when he, while he's doing this, when everyone in New York hates him and his just lack of perspective and this like hubris that he has is just uncanny. And um, it's, this is going to be a hell of an off season for the Yankees because now you have Cashman who is hated by fans. This is by far the most contentious ever been. And the Yankees are on the, like they were a game away from being under 500. So this is, um, it, this, is this is one of the, like, again, this will be the strangest Yankees off season in quite some time. He's the he's the Vivek Ramaswamy of baseball GMs. Like everybody hates him. <laughs> the first zero percent approval rating we've ever seen. Uh, a couple of those quotes. You're right, Spaghetti. I was I was loving it. First of all, you know, as a Yankee hater, I'm like, oh, good. He thinks there's nothing wrong. Carry on. Great, 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 great. And he it was like in a line like I like where we are in the process, like something about how well the process is going. But I hope. I hope he took a moment as a classy guy to congratulate Jordan Montgomery on his World Series title because uh, they traded him for Harrison Bader, who they then released. Uh, Well done. Well done. Uh, uh, Wow. Yeah. Cashman, um, you know, you've socked enough money away. Why don't you take the high road and and uh, and resign? That's what it's going to be like when you watch Danny Dimes lifting the Lombardi for another team spaghetti. That's kind of like that. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, best bets. Here we go. I say Penn State. People are excited about this one now. Asterisk goes next to this one. If Jim Harbaugh, between the time of this recording and Saturday's kickoff, gets suspended, I might change my opinion. As it is, Michigan will not be distracted. They understand the stakes here. They will go in to Happy Valley and leave with a, a victory by a touchdown or more. Lay the five and a half for the road team there. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be tempted by what we've seen for Utah, their knuckleball effect on high-end Pac-12 offenses. I think the nine and a half for the Huskies at home isn't enough. I say double-digit victories for Michael Penix and company there, and I love to just track. I don't have a – we gave our pick on the 15-minute show that you'll have on Friday. I don't know how I feel about the 16 and a half that Tommy DeVito and the Giants are getting against Dak and company, but it's a fascinating number – Historically, it's tracking towards the top 10 biggest spreads in regular season NFL Super Bowl era history. And if you look at the mass for what it matters, the teams don't generally cover those massive numbers. So you might want to take the Giants, but I can't do it because it's Tommy DeVito. What the hell are we doing? Hench, how say you? Uh, well, I've got some thoughts on DeVito I'll end with. But first, I I love the Niners to get right against the Jags. I, I think that they... they, they win by more than a field goal. Hmm. I love your Steelers also to cover against the Packers. I, you okay. know, I, I, I think that the Packers have a lot of trouble scoring against not very good defenses. And I think that, wow, uh, you just described the Steelers. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> what uh, makes you confident? I, in that? I, like, I like the Steelers in a semi romp. And then my, my favorite bet is Tommy DeVito. Uh, Cowboys favored by 16 and a half as of this recording. Uh, over under is 39, which I guess puts the Giants over under at 11 and a half. That's the fun bet. Under 11 and a half. This, this, this means they would, they're going to have to score a touchdown in the red zone at some point. Not a chance. Like you can't, Saquon is going to get hit in the backfield. As he, as he often did, even when you had a decent quarterback, but they're going to have 10 guys in the box and, and it's going to be ugly. Um, I don't know that the Cowboys will put up the 40 that they did opening week, but man, the giants are not going to. That's score. a smart play. I wish I would have thought of that. That's the way to do it. You're talking about, Oh, they get a touchdown. Uh, they, they, they get a turnover Dak threw a bad ball and they kick a field goal out of it. And somehow maybe Saquon break, maybe there's a deflected pass and they run it into the end zone. Still under the 11. So 11 and a half. Yeah, that's a great play. I love that one. Spaghetti, how say you? 
Great slate of games uh, this weekend in college football. A lot of uh, tight matchups. So, I, I, but if I had to give one that I'm leaning towards, not a best bet, it would be the Oregon uh, to cover versus USC. I think Oregon is a, a supremely complete team. Uh, this game, I wish was a lot better than it's going to be. You have Caleb Williams now like crying in the stands and saying he wants to like cuddle and watch movies. I think they're going to get blown out. Their defense is just miserable. Um, so that is the one lean uh, in college and giving. But I got to give some NHL stuff out. And this is like an apology. Um, I don't know how I'm wearing a Rangers hat. I don't know how I have not given this out in the you know the two or three weeks since the NHL season started. But the bread man, Artemi Panarin, shaved his hair and has registered a point in every single contest this wow. season for the Rangers. Uh, he's third in the NHL in points with 20. So uh, I believe on Caesars right now, it's minus 165 for an assist, plus 145 for a goal. Um, but if you want to just bet him to score a point, I'm sure you can do that as well. And then this doesn't have to you know be said again, but just keep, I know this San Jose just won. They beat the Flyers, but continue to bet against San Jose. And this one is only going to last for a little bit of time until Nico Heischer comes back. But the New Jersey Devils, you know, obviously Jack Hughes is going to be out week to week. I've uh, heard what they said, the team said, but Nico Heischer is still day to day. They are playing uh, Washington tomorrow. They have a game Tuesday versus Winnipeg. If Heischer and Hughes are out, bet against the New Jersey Devils because they're just not that good with those two players, especially five on five. So those are little trends I'm trying to give you. And my mistake again for not giving out Predman to score a point every single game. I've always said, and I've been consistent on this. I prefer my bread hairless. I, I that's uh, that's a rule I live by. Hey, great times, Kevin Hench. Always appreciate you taking the time. We appreciate all the notes that praise Hench, even the ones that maybe are on the other side of things. Send us an ear shout out to Nick Stupakis, who dropped me a line with a very lovely note about my old man. We appreciate that. Shout out to our guy, Sully. Congratulations on the nuptials last weekend with Eddie Spaghetti and Kent Brown watching on from the side there. And thanks to you, the listener. Go back and listen to all the great stuff that we've put out this week on the Extra Points Network. Subscribe to the Extra Points channel on YouTube. Great podcast to start the week on Minus 3 with uh, with the Dutch Mook and John Hamm. Great episode with Sarah Tiana and Steve Byrne, who said hello to you, Kevin Hench, on Extra Points on Wednesday. And with that being said, we'll talk to you after NFL Week 10 before NFL Week 11 to break it all down for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.